Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is, what is it? I don't know, man. Once the offseason hits, I have no idea what day it is. I think it's Wednesday, so we'll go with that. Hope you're all doing well. Quick initial right off the bat shout out to Jeff Coleman. Joining up as a Carry the G Club member here on the YouTube channel. Thanks for the support. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, you can join us on our happy hour, which we'll be having uh, later this evening. Information is on the community page here on YouTube or on the Patreon page if you're a Patreon member. Hope to see you. TKM is here. Good to see you at your post, buddy. Always good to see. You. Oh, Brenton. Brenton coming out of the gates firing right now. Is Aaron Rodgers holding the Packers hostage? I think so. Um, I think so as part of his comment, by the way, I, I'm not saying I think so. I don't think he's holding them hostage. They gave him the contract that they gave him. They knew heading into this season that it was basically a year to year proposition, something that both Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy indicated last summer. So I failed to acquiesce to the idea that Aaron Rodgers is somehow holding them hostage when they're the ones who put themselves in this situation. And look, we don't have to know anything on Aaron Rodgers' future for a while yet. That's the thing. The internet drives us crazy because we are consuming this content 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's why I indicated yesterday in my Aaron Rodgers video, I totally get it if people just want to keep scrolling and not have to consume any Aaron Rodgers content. Totally get it. Um, but look, if you're Brian Gutekunst, I mean, obviously you can't keep scrolling. Your job is on the line. And yes, he did just get a contract extension, but he also handed Aaron Rodgers this contract, albeit, of course, in league with Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and Matt LaFleur. But this is his quarterback, and he has committed himself to this quarterback. And now this quarterback is saying he needs some time to think about it, which is fine, understandable, 100%, 18-year vet, needs a little time away from the game, step away, get a 30,000-foot view and see how he feels about it. Totally understand that. But Aaron Rodgers knows exactly what he's doing when he says, I can still play at a high level in the right situation. Is Green Bay the right situation? I don't know. And the moment he says that, he knows he's muddying the waters. He knows he's sending signals to Brian and the organization. And Brian, God bless him, as I just indicated, you've put yourself here. By not making the move you probably should have made last offseason in trading Aaron Rodgers, instead you turned around and hand him this contract, which has given him a bunch of leverage. And now you still got to navigate these waters where you have kicked the can repeatedly down the street when it comes to the cap. You've got to figure out a way to keep the guys you want to keep, whether it's David Bakhtiari, whether it's Aaron Jones, and then and or move on from older vets who probably are past their expiration date while not pissing off your superstar quarterback who you're waiting a decision from. But, oh, by the way, you've got to navigate how you want to move forward once free agency starts. But it's going to be a very different landscape with or without Aaron Rodgers. So, obviously, now you're drawing up two different plans, one with, one without, maybe even three different plans because maybe one of those avenues is a trade, something that Aaron Rodgers completely shut the door on last summer but now has cracked wide open again. Every general manager has tough decisions. Every general manager has a to-do list each and every offseason. Brian's no different. But the Aaron Rodgers situation makes things exponentially more difficult for Brian. 
I think Brian's a good GM. I think he has the chance to be a great GM if he can figure out how to navigate this fulcrum, this this pivot from Aaron Rodgers to whatever is next. And I don't even you know necessarily mean that has to be Jordan Love. I don't think it has to. I think it probably should be. But whatever avenue you're going down post Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was given to you. You inherited Rodgers. You are now on your second contract. What's your way forward? What stamp are you going to make on this team? Hanging on by your fingernails off a ledge, hoping that the soon-to-be 40-year-old quarterback catches lightning in a bottle down the stretch of a season one of these next two years and leads your team to a Super Bowl? Or do you turn the page, figure out a way to turn the page, even though knowing you're probably going to take some heat, and yes, it's probably going to be a little painful, especially that first season, but then you can start your own chapter rather than hanging on to what came before you. These are tough decisions, and I'm not pretending like it isn't incredibly easy for me to sit here and say these things into a microphone on a YouTube channel. It's very, very easy. Much more difficult when you're signing people's checks, you're responsible for giving them contracts and constructing a roster that works top to bottom, making those hard choices, maybe moving on from a few guys that might rattle some feathers, especially QB1s. I understand. I get it. But I think if Brian is able to step back and take a 30,000-foot view of this thing, he would probably see that, yeah, it is probably time to try and navigate away from this quarterback who needs everything his way. And that's not just, you know, talking whatever he's talking on Pat McAfee. That's on the field, too. We've seen this offense morph from something incredibly effective in 2020 to something, I'm not going to say broken, but inefficient at the very least, in 2022, in large part to the need to acquiesce to their quarterback. I don't know, man. Tough times. The old GM chair there in Titletown. Brandy's here, of course. Brandy's here. How are you, Brandy? Oh, Vex takes us in a nice direction here. Mandalorian Season 3, let's freaking go! This is the way. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm pumped for it. And look, Andor was awesome. I loved Andor. It's probably the best thing Disney has done with the Star Wars property. But I'm, you know, that's a, that was a very kind of mature show. I'm ready to get back to like blasters and lightsabers and pew pew. And the Mandalorian's going to deliver that in spades. Let's go. Abdul, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Aaron, how do you think Ted Thompson handles the 12 situation? See, that, there are levels to that, right? I don't for a second think that we have the summer of discontent a couple years ago uh if ted's still in the chair right and now this is you know ted at his peak i'm talking um you know ted towards the end of his tenure that's a very different thing because of the health issues but yeah i i think it's hard for me to sit here and say with certainty oh ted absolutely would have shipped him out last year if we're talking about aaron Rodgers, i think if ted was dispassionately viewing things and was able to take a step back and make the same tough choice he made when he traded Brett. Yeah, I think he'd do it. But, you know, again, Aaron was his guy. Brett was not. So it's all easy to say when you're not connected, you know. And look, maybe Ted would have done it. My suspicion is he probably would have traded away Aaron last year. But, you know, that's uh, 
That's impossible for any anyone to say at this point. Godsmack, thanks to Super Chat. Does anyone else here have the urge to send the New York Giants a bouquet of flowers for sending the Purple Pretenders home? Insert chef's kiss here. Seriously, thank you, New York. I will say, was in a uh, Irish pub here in New York City watching that Giants-Vikings game, and it was glorious. And there were even some Vikings fans in the bar. It was amazing. But it was mostly Giants fans, and that was a lot of fun. That was a very good time. <laughs> Brian, thanks to the Super Chat. This season really broke me, and anytime I catch this live, I am just going to send you negative Super Chats I have about the Packers' event. Thanks. <laughs> Brian, we appreciate them all. Positive, negative, right down the middle, completely ridiculous, completely uh, absurd. We'll take uh, searing insights, anything. Uh, any Super Chat is greatly appreciated. So, Brian, vent away. Johnny Rivers, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. I remember when Rodgers was under contract till 2024 for less money and was committed to playing to 40. Hard to call the free agent uh, front office hostages. They gave 12 the gun. But I keep telling myself, and that's what I keep kind of saying to everybody. I was in a conversation this afternoon in the Discord about it. Uh, you know, it's really hard to paint the Packers as victims here. You know, they put themselves here in a big way. Uh, what else we got here? Brian, thanks again, bud. Negative thought one. Goot really chose Amari over Amon Ra and AJ over Jamal. Both those players played key roles in beating Green Bay. More to come. Thanks. Um, the Amari thing, yeah, I'll never kill him for that. I think Amari's trajectory in Green Bay completely changed when Aaron Rodgers made the demand that they had to trade for Randall Cobb or he wasn't coming back. Brian saw a possible you know, run to a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers under center and acquiesce to his quarterback demand to bring back his friend. And I think Randall, you know, for his part when he was on the field was complimentary and was, you know, part of the solution. The issue, of course, is that it completely changed everything that was ever going to happen with Amari Rodgers in Green Bay. They didn't draft him to be a punt returner. You know, you will never know what might have happened if he had gotten the opportunity. And now, and this is a theme here, because I think the exact same thing can apply to A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams. It's wonderful watching Jamal doing what he's doing in Detroit. But don't think for a second that A.J. couldn't do what Jamal is doing if given the opportunity, because he could. But they don't run that kind of offense. He's never going to get those opportunities that Jamal is getting, both in short yardage and on goal line. It's just night and day. You know, They're not even running the same style of, of offense. Run schemes are totally different. Much more power, much more man blocking in Detroit. Way more zone, RPO, out of the gun for AJ in Green Bay, which he can do. We've seen him do it. Go back and watch the Titans game. He's very effective in that game. And his concepts are pretty similar there. But if you gave him a bunch of power sets and just let them pounded him, pounded the rock with AJ Dillon, I guarantee you he could do what Jamal Williams is doing. That's all. That's my thoughts on it. Jeezy Baby, thanks for the Super Chat. These are tough decisions, but that's why he's paid the big money to make the tough, big decisions. In Brian, we trust. Go Pack Go, 13-time champs. Well put. John, thanks for the Super Chat. It's telling that 12 didn't mention Kumaro. <laughs> Kumaro! I miss yelling Kumaro. Ed, thanks for the Super Chat. As soon as the chips... On my time machine, come in. I'll take us back to last year so Brian can turn that fucking page. 
<sighs> if only. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We'll see. What else we got? Soder, how you doing, buddy? Rodgers has gone full Favre. With near certainty, we know that he will go to the Vikings, retire, and then get involved in a convoluted scheme to divert federal funds to a Cal on-campus hockey arena. I'm not going to say I can guarantee it, but I can close to guarantee that that ain't going to happen. Vex, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. I firmly believe Matt or Mark Murphy extended 12, not Brian Gutekunst. You're allowed to have your beliefs, right? Um, I'm sure it was a group discussion. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't think there was ever any kind of tiebreaker thing. I think they undoubtedly had the conversation. Mark, Matt, Brian, and Russ. Maybe a few other people. Um, and then came to a consensus. Now, could there be somebody in the room pushing for one thing and the other one pushing for another and then trying to coalesce around that? Yeah, probably. But I, I'll never believe that Mark Murphy kind of ruled from on high and said, this is what it's going to be. Menace, thanks for Super Chat. Goody and Matt LaFleur both say 12 gives us the best chance to win. I say nay, sir. 12 gives them the best chance at job security instead of doing what's the best for 1265. Ooh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, it's, it's always tough when you're talking about people's motives and, you know, especially when it comes to football decision-making and contracts and what have you. I will say, though, you know, the coaching especially, your job is to win football games, right? And you know you're going to win a bunch of games if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback just because of the institutional knowledge and, the, you know, how much he knows about the game and how that, that kind of breadth of ability married with this incredible kind of uh, reservoir of football knowledge that is going to most likely – yeah, it's going to help you win a bunch of games. The problem is you're not building towards anything. You're not building for anything. You're just hanging on. You're winning games maybe, maybe 8, 10 games. But does that? what does that mean? It doesn't mean much, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say that's the reason they uh, want to go with Rodgers. But um, I just think it'd be nice to be building something rather than hanging on to something. That's just me. Uh, Menace thinks... Oh, I got... Sorry, I got that one. Fantastic. Fantastic Freaks. What a name. Thanks for the Super Chat. Agree with a lot of things you said. Grateful for 12, what 12 did, but I'm excited to see what love can do. Either way, next year is going to have its challenges. Oh, without doubt. And look, again, going to have challenges, many of them by the Packers' own making, from the decisions they've made that have led them here. And uh, they have no one to blame but themselves right there. Uh, I gave up on slot receivers when Cobb was cut. Brandy, Brandy. Never give up on slot receivers. Um, Bucky, thanks to the Super Chat. Why does our O-line fail us every year in January? Ooh, that's a damn good question. 
really good question. I, I'm sure if uh, Stenovich and company had the uh, answer to that one, we'd stop seeing it. But, you know, the last couple of years, it was easy to say, you know, without Bakhtiari and the shuffle that that kind of the the talent drain that that caused along the line due to the shuffling, you could easily point to that. But, man, the fact that this group played so well down the stretch of this season and then laid such a gigantic egg in that Detroit game will never stop bugging the shit out of me. And I don't know. Some of it seems like Detroit just having a really good plan and the Packers not being able to counter it. And that's frustrating. In the sense that, you know, Packers run a lot of zone. They were definitely kind of knifing as, as just... I don't even know if it was gap specific, but certainly just trying to disrupt a lot of their zone flow. And the Packers never really went to much of a counter to that, whether it's, you know, pin and pull or the trap game or trying to just go straight power. I just, you didn't really see a whole lot of that. You saw a little bit, but, you know, that was frustrating because this is a Detroit team that could not stop the run to save their lives for the balance of the season. And then they come into Lambeau and just own them up front. It's frustrating. Next, we are long overdue for an IG live. Tony, I got too many platforms. I can't keep track of it all. I got a Discord now. I got to get on top of. I got chats with you fine folks every day. We got the happy hour later tonight. I got I got so much stuff going on. I can't, you know, I can't feed every bit of content. I got a Twitch channel that has been completely neglected all season. I got to get back on top of playing some games on that. Like, yo, at some point. Man's got to have a little bit of time to himself. But yeah, I will at some point. Uh, Ryan, thanks again, bud. Great points. Brings me to negative thought number two. Seems like a big disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. That scares me and irritates me. Brian, you have just hit upon the one thing that I wish would have been asked of Brian Gutekunst in a season-ending press conference that was not even touched by our local beat. The fact that it seems so obvious. And everyone who's watched on this channel knows exactly what I'm going to say, but I don't care. I'm going to say it again. It seemed so obvious heading into this season. Post Devontae Adams trade, a lot of young people at wide receiver, button it up, run the football, change your approach on offense. Matt and Aaron didn't even come close. They basically kept trying to do what they had been doing the last three years which absolutely blows my mind because it seemed really apparent. I mean, blindingly obvious that the front office was saying, here's a collection of talent. It seems pretty obvious which way you should go as far as offensive approach. And the coaching staff, and probably, yes, also the quarterback, said, now nah, we're good. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, that just seems obvious to me. And I don't understand, to your point, the disconnect. Robin, thanks for the super chat. Random thought for today. I miss the gentleman's handshake after interceptions. Oh, the business. Yeah, the business trip. I mean, back in the day, like when Woodson and company were doing it, they always said it was a business trip. So they, you know, they, when they get picks on the road, they would shake hands because, you know, it's a business trip. But yeah, that was great. You know what I miss that Corey hated, but I still fucking love was the Packer Shark. Man, shout out Nick Barnett. Shit was great, Nick. That and the Samurai. Packer Samurai was awesome. 
Uh, Brenton, thanks to Super Chat. I think Matt LaFleur should really look at going back to the offense in 2020. Remember all the motion? Man, I miss those days. Thoughts? No more five wide in RPOs. Brenton, the problem is his quarterback doesn't like that offense. The Tonight Show, starring Aaron Rodgers and the RPO offense. I mean, I'm with you, man. But every chance he gets, Aaron mentions how he wants it static. He wants to get a good look. He wants to get a good view pre-snap. Jokes, quote-unquote, about, hey, can we maybe not have motion on this play? Which seems to now have extended to most of the plays. I don't know, man. I'm with you. It's kind of been flabbergasting to me as well, especially this past season. Uh, Menace, thanks again, bud. Throwback time here. What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the Martell Martellus Bennett situation during his eventful and short tenure in Green Bay? Um, yeah, well, that's a that's a, yeah, it is a throwback. Um, I always liked Martellus. I thought it was uh, always kind of a bad fit his coming to Green Bay, but I really like him as a dude. I think he's got a really unique perspective on the world. Everything that transpired after he got hurt and then released, it's hard to take him at face value when he talks about a Packers medical staff trying to usher him back out onto a football field prior to his full recovery when every single moment that I have been alive has shown me how careful and cautious the Packers are when it comes to injuries. So I, you know, the he said, he said stuff. I mean, Martellus is going to swear blind till the day he, you know, does whatever else in life that this is what transpired. It's hard for me to, to, to believe that essentially. But outside of that, I think he's got really smart stuff to say about a lot of different topics. And I love his curiosity about the world in general and around him. And that's where I'll leave that. Oh, uh, what else we got? Ed, thanks to Super Chat. Better to build, better to build than hang on equals put that on a billboard in Green Bay. I feel you, brother. I feel you. Young Feezy Baby, thanks to Super Chat. Do you think polls will tell us about all the calls he got about the good job he's doing during the draft? Worst team in the league. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's a good pull. That was hilarious last year. Yeah, you know, a lot of people called me and said, oh, that's, those guys, we, you're doing a great job. Those are guys we wanted. Man, you talk about telling the world how green you are. Bucky, thanks for the super chat. Regarding O-line failures, shouldn't we just commit to drafting some dogs on the line and building a fucking wall around 12 or even 10? Then we'll win rings. Well, okay, it's not that easy. But, I mean, it, it's just drafting for what they want to do on offense and they're a zone-based team so they want athletes they want guys who can move they want guys who can get out you know and look i think that's a highly effective way of going about it like yes are there ways you can counter it as a defense sure but we've also seen how versatile they can be and if you need to change your tactic sure go ahead but man they were fine running zone in 2020 when they were insanely uh efficient and productive and scoring a ton of points I don't think they need to change, but they obviously need to play better. They need to be more consistent. I think where they got caught this year, especially early in the season, was 
thinking they had some guys who could play who couldn't and certainly played a couple guys out of position. So I don't think it's like you've got to have dogs and form a wall. Well, that's great uh, until, you know, those dogs tire in the fourth quarter and you're getting run over or whatever, you know. I think the, the the approach that the Packers have taken along the offensive line is fine. Um, just need some tweaks and some hopeful development from some of these young guys. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a few more this year. I mean, how many guys has Brian drafted in the last couple of years? Like 10, 11? Um, you know, obviously some have worked better than others, but keep throwing those darts, man. Offensive line is too important not to. And look, who knows what happens with guys like Sean Ryan? who we didn't see at all this year. You know, clearly there's a cloud there because of the suspension. But, man, he could come back and just absolutely own next year for all we know. You never know. You never know. So we'll see. Uh, oh, Ray, I'm glad you brought this up. Seems to me Rodgers is more interested in winning MVP and not Super Bowls. You see, to me, that just screams that you didn't watch the entirety of the interview or you just read some quotes on social media. I mean, he talked about winning MVP when he was asked if he could still play. You know, the, the gauge of quarterback play, you know, playing on the field, the MVP level indicates, yeah, I still think I can play pretty fucking well. He also said in the same interview that there's no reason to come back and play football if it's not to try and win it all and to win a championship. Those two things can exist at the same time. You know? Oh, he didn't talk about winning a Super Bowl while playing. Like, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl playing quarterback. Being in the Super Bowl is not, you know, the the benchmark, the stick we're using as far as quarterback play. Quarterback wins and losses are not a statistic. Super Bowl wins and losses are not a quarterback statistic. They are a team statistic. The Super Bowl is a team statistic. Dude was asked about his play. And he thinks he can still play. He can still play at an MVP level in the right situation. Don't get me started on that. I want to go back to it. John, thanks again, buddy. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on. Excellent. Excellent quote. All right, everybody. I have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging on, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. And then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Yeah.